Hello and welcome to Underneath the Hats podcast. I am your host, Sheree Simmons. So today's going to be a little different because for the last couple of months, I have been back with my podcast Underneath the Hats and sharing with the Truth Hurts series where I decided to bring people on to share their truths, to tell what it is that they've gone through, through family hurt, church hurt, and the lessons that they've learned. I'm a firm believer that we go through things so that we can learn a lesson. And a lot of times we end up repeating our cycles because we didn't learn the lesson in the first place. And I am a firm believer of self-reflection. I have to admit, I was fearful for a very long time that I would die early because stuff was happening so fast in my life. And I'm like, why is all this stuff happening so fast? And God had to tell me, he says, because you pay attention and you learn the lesson. So a lot of times we go through things that we really don't have to because we're not learning from the mistakes that we made or learning from the things that God has allowed for us to be exposed to through other people. And so I decided to relaunch this podcast and bring guests on who were willing to share their story. And I have learned so much from these people. They have helped me in ways that they will never know. And so one of the things that I always say in this podcast is that I never want to tell other people's business and not tell my own. So this is going to be a very special episode in that I am going to let you inside of my life and all that is about to happen within the next couple of days. So with the topic of truth hurts, there has been something that I have been dealing with for the last, uh, I'll be 39 in July. I've been dealing with this for the last eight years um, where I have been having issues with fertility. So fertility is the ability to have children. So for the last eight years, I have gone through numerous surgeries. Um, I've had four surgeries to remove fibroids. And for those that don't know, fibroids are mass, a large mass that grow inside your uterus, around your uterus, um, in different places throughout the body. And they're um, more dominant in African-American women. And so I have been dealing with that for the last eight years. I've had four surgeries. The surgeries are called myomectomies, where I have actually been cut three times, like a C-section to have fibroids removed. And once I had a laparoscopic surgery where they put little holes, five little holes in my stomach and removed them with the um, camera. So in total, I've had 27 fibroids removed over four surgeries. I've had seven doctors over these eight years. And I assumed that was the reason why I was not able to have children. 
um, having been married the first time and being sexually active since I was 12. And then being with my first husband, my ex-husband, since I was 16, we had never had children. And after being married for seven years and still not being able to have children, I went to a doctor and found out that I had fibroids and that could ultimately be the reason. Got the fibroids removed and still we weren't having children. And so that caused me to go to see a fertility specialist. And during this visit, they ran all types of tests. I did the diet test. I did the two tests. I did um, the test where they check to see if my uterus is intact and if it's strong enough to carry a child. Um, after going through all that, they did find out um, that one of my tubes was blocked. This was like seven, eight years ago. One of my tubes was blocked, but they were able to find a path around the fibroids and past the other tube in order to place the semen to my eggs. But at the time in which they wanted to do that, I had an ex-husband who was very old-fashioned and believed in having children the natural way. And therefore, he was not willing to give a sample in order to do the in vitro. Um, it's called IUI, where they take the sperm in like a little tube and they take the tube through. And he wasn't willing to do that. And lo and behold, that was a sign from the Lord that it was time to go anyway. So those fibroids actually helped me to avoid a sticky situation. Um, after my divorce from him, I went years, um, without even trying and the fibroids kept coming back. So I had another surgery to remove them. And then I met my husband, Vince, and he was willing and able because he wanted more children after having a daughter. He was willing and able to do whatever needed to be done in order to give me the gift that I wanted which was to have a child. And when I went back to the doctor, fertility specialist, three or four years later, more stuff was wrong. Um, and between all of the surgeries, I had an enlarged uterus, which means my uterus was stretched. It was double the size of a regular uterus, and then it, because of all of the scar tissue from my previous surgeries, it was attached to my abdominal wall with like gum, which is scar tissue. So my uterus is stretched, which means it looks like I'm carrying twins, and it's attached to my abdominal wall. So I always look pregnant, even when I'm not. And two, three-hour surgeries will end up being six, seven hours. Multiple doctors had to be called in to remove all the scar tissue from having all these previous surgeries. And we went through three IVF cycles, which is where they could they could no longer do the two because there was so much stuff going on and so many different paths they would have to take. It was easier to just do IVF, which is where they remove my eggs 
and take his sperm and make the embryo outside the body and then put it in. So we went through three IVF cycles, which praise God for insurance was my job because normally an IVF cycle was ten dollars to $15,000. I didn't have to pay for any of it. But all three were unsuccessful because they were never able to get to my eggs. So after two attempts, failed attempts, my fibroids grew back, grew back again. I had another surgery to remove them. And even after that surgery to remove those and going through another IVF cycle, we still weren't able to get the eggs. So my doctor at the time told me it's a less than 2% chance that you'll be able to carry your own biological child. That hurt, especially being an educator for 16 years going come August and being around other people's children and seeing the dynamic of some of these relationships and the homes that these kids come to come from and to know that I'm willing and able to provide a home for uh, children and I can't have my own, it does something. Especially when I first started this whole journey of infertility, I was really depressed. Like I had a depressive moment where I hated going to baby showers. I didn't like seeing babies on TV without breaking down. I didn't like walking past the kids section in stores. Like it was bad. And I had at the time seven God kids and everybody was having kids. Around that time, people in my age bracket were having children. And here I was not able to do so and thinking we had an idea as to why and me getting cut constantly and going under anesthesia for five six seven hours at a time and god healing me and allowing me to make it through anesthesia because we've all heard stories of people who went in and never came out and he allowed for me to go through four times successfully and still <laughs> couldn't even with the egg retrievals i'm under anesthesia it's not hours long. It may be 30 minutes at the most. But to keep going in and being told, no, it didn't work this time. And people don't understand the prep that it takes to even get to an egg retrieval. I had to give myself shots, three, four shots a day for two weeks. I had to create the medicine, um, put the medicine from one vial into another vial, shake it up, put it in the needle give the, myself the shot in my stomach two, three times a day. And I'll never forget one time I was at a retirement party of one of my um, former coworkers and I had to go into the bathroom with my needles and give myself a shot at eight o'clock in the middle of this retirement party, all for it to basically be in vain. And you can actually see I vlogged my last IVF cycle um, if you go on this page underneath the head YouTube page, you can see all the videos of my doctor's visits. You can see the videos of me giving myself shots at different times of the day. So if you're a little queasy, I would advise you not to, but I was very open because I truly believe that my testimony is another person's breakthrough. So me telling my story is going to help somebody who thinks they can't make it through. And your story may not end like mine. But 
I want to be able to help somebody along the way to know that you're not by yourself. So I went through that three times. And they were all unsuccessful. And then for the doctor to tell me there's a less than 2% chance that you'll be able to carry your own children. Really, Lord? That's all I can say. Really? Really? Really, Lord? But even in the midst of all that, I still continue to be optimistic. I looked into adoption. They even gave me other options that I can have, getting a surrogate. Um, you can buy people's eggs and embryos now. And my whole thing with the egg, buying an egg was that the baby would not be biologically attached to me. It would be biologically attached to my husband, but not to me. And I could carry the child. And I just was not with me carrying my own stepchild. It ain't about to happen. It ain't about to happen. And then with the surrogate um, paying th tens of thousands of dollars for somebody else to carry my child, all for me to be another Lifetime movie, or you crossing the border with my child, it ain't about to happen. I can't see paying tens of thousands of dollars for a little book to get here. Now, that's what we're not going to do. So I, <laughs> I looked through... All on a different option, Jesus. And I was like, this is some bull crap. Okay? Like, I don't understand. So, even with the adoption, went through the adoption, I'm like, you hear about all these children who need these homes. I've called four or five dang gone adoption agencies. I'm like, hey, nobody, why is it why is it so hard? For me to let somebody stay here and I take care of them, I don't understand. Even found this adoption place that focuses strictly on babies, because that's what I wanted. I wanted a newborn. And people say those are the hardest ones to get. And these people want about $38,000. They wanted me to sit here and pay for my medical bills, her medical bills, her housing, my housing. And then go through all of that all to get there, and she could ultimately change her mind. Now, this is when y'all would have seen me on the news because I'm not about to travel to Timbuktu to pick up a child, and then you tell me, Oh, she changed her mind as I'm getting ready to go to the airport. We're not about to do that. So I was like, Lord, you know what? I just I, I just want to travel. <laughs> I don't have time for this for these shenanigans. So leading up to all of this and finding out that there's less than 2% chance I can have my own child. Several of my doctors have been telling me during this journey, you should get a hysterectomy. They keep growing back. The fibroids keep coming back. You should get a hysterectomy. So this last appointment I had, I found out stuff had gotten worse. Normally, when I get my fibroids, they're on the outside of my uterus. I may have had two or three little ones about two years ago that were inside, and they were able to scrape them out, and it wasn't that long of a process, and I didn't have to wait weeks before I can try to have another, try to uh, IVF cycle again. But this last time I went to the doctor, <laughs> not only did they find more fibroids, 
outside my uterus, two of which were five centimeters long, which is about an orange pear plum type size, five centimeters. But they also found a cyst on my ovary. Now, a cyst is different from a fibroid. A fibroid is a mass of, it's, it's, um, it's like skin compacted together. A cyst is liquid. So at any moment, it could burst hemorrhage and I could end up, it could end up hurting my internal organs. So I had a five centimeter cyst on my left ovary, plus the fibroids on the outside, two of which were five centimeters. And then I had little itty bitty ones inside of my uterus. So now we've gone from outside the uterus to inside the uterus. <clears throat> so I was like, Lord, okay. I think it's time for the hysterectomy. Now, God had been telling me, God showed me in a dream two years ago that I should have had one. But I was being hard-headed because I wanted what I wanted. I wanted a baby. And I ignored that dream. But I should have known because God speaks to me in my dreams. Everything that has happened to me, monumental, he showed me in my dream. But I ignored it because it wasn't what I wanted. But here I am with a TKO. I call them total knockouts where he gets my attention by knocking me on my butt. And I have been knocked on my butt because in two days, April 7th, I will be going in for a hysterectomy. So... So my dream, of having children physically, is about to come to an end. Does it hurt? Yes, the hell it does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But he's already shown me that where he's about to take me, me having children won't fit into that equation. And he has also shown me that physically I may not be able to give birth, but spiritually I have birthed some things that other people could not do from the two books I've written underneath the hat, which this podcast is named after. And then I shared my journey of my fertility experience in a book called Is That Size for a Reason? My Journey Through Infertility, which all of these you can find on Amazon. Go check out my books, people. You can find both of these books on Amazon.com. I'm real raw. I tell the truth. I'm not sugarcoating in either title underneath the hat or it's this size. It's that size for a reason. But it still hurts to know that something that I've been wanting for years, I've been cut, I've been poked, I've been prodded, I've been analyzed, I face death. 
because nothing is certain when you go into an operating room. But he always brought me back. The only thing that's different about this time, though, is that he's giving me a sneak peek of what's to come. And I can say that even though I am losing the opportunity to do something that I've wanted to do for a long time, I'm excited for where he's taking me. I'm excited for where he's taking me. And he basically told me, he's like, well, I'm going to take you. You can't take no babies. You're not going to have time to take these babies that you want. And so I'm excited for the birth that I'm about to give. And it's not a physical, it's going to be my baby. Because it's something that I've always wanted. Something that I've been planning for for years. Something that I've been running away from. And I had planned in my head and put on a shelf. And never looked at again. And to see God putting all these things in place for it to happen at this moment. For me to have surgery April 7th and then to find out if I get into this program a week after my surgery and then to give me the opportunity to be on medical leave so that I can get ready and prepare for the interviews and the process of what this program entails and for all these ideas to come flooding in my head and me writing everything down in preparation for this new baby I'm about to give birth to. It's not a physical baby. It didn't come out of me, and but it's still my baby. And to know that it came right now, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> It does hurt to know that something that most women consider a part of being a woman will be gone. I am looking forward to no more periods. I'll tell you that. Because uh, <laughs> I've been having a period since I was 10. Um, that's a plus. Um, and he's giving me a support system of women. This is why it's important that you tell your story because you never know who around you has gone through the same thing as you. I never would have known that the people that I see on a day-to-day -day basis had gone through the same things that I had gone through. And I now my support system. Like people I call family and friends who had gone through this same situation have been calling and checking on me and making me feel like I can get through this. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. So I have my support system. I have people that will be there for me to help me heal and get through this. Um, and I'm just excited for what's to come. Even if it does mean losing something that we're told and made to think is the best thing in the world. <laughs> The fact that I am gaining something that I've always wanted. And I haven't even gotten it yet, but I know it's mine. Because I know how he operates with me. I know it's mine. And so I'm just excited. Even though I'm losing something, I'm gaining something so much bigger. I'll be able to help so many kids 
with this new position, with this new baby I'm about to birth. And then he helped me to realize by sending people my way that let me know you've already helped set more children than you could have birthed on your own. You've been able to help over 15 years as an educator in CPS and four years as the founder and president of Young Ladies at All Times, a mentoring program. I've always wanted girls. And God has allowed for me to have an organization that focuses and caters on girls. I'm helping to train up girls and raise them to be successful women. And they don't even live with me. So everything that I would have instilled into my own daughters, I'm able to help other women's daughters. And I have helped over 50 girls across Chicago land in four years. So sometimes we go through things and we, we only see the trees and not the forest. And God puts people in your life to remind you, expand that view. Expand that view. There's a commercial, I think it's Procter and Gamble, where it says enlarge the lens or something, where it shows these different vignettes or different um, stories and how it only shows you one part of it. And so based on that one part, you give your, your perception and your critique of it and it paints a bad picture. But when you pan out the screen, you see that there's so much more happening around that adds to the story that this one little part you were fo so focused on made it look so bleak and terrible. But when you open up the rest of the screen, and look past your blinders, you realize that it's nothing that you thought it was going to be. That's exactly what this is. And we've all had those moments where we go through things and we think, oh my God, it can't get no worse. It can't get no worse. And it's not until you start removing those blinders and that doubt that you realize it, it could be worse. That you're actually blessed for where you are right now. So I'm excited. Even though this surgery is in two days. And I'm going to have to be out of work for eight weeks. Sometimes going through pain helps you to find your purpose. Sometimes God has to sit you down and allow for you to heal in order for you to hear him. And I'm excited for what he's getting ready to tell me. I'm all ears, Lord. I am all ears. So I just wanted to come on here and share with you all what's going on for the next eight weeks. I'll be out of commission. Um, underneath the hat, we'll be on a little break. Um, I will come back in, though, and check in and let you all know how I'm progressing and how everything is going. But I just want to thank all of you for being here for me and just being here supporting me, whether it was one person who watched or 5,900 people that watched. If one person was changed, that's good enough for me. Um, but check out the rest of my YouTube page underneath the hat. Look at the past videos of my last IVF cycle and see the things that I went through. Because so often we don't realize that the people in our lives are going through too. Every one of us knows a woman who's not had kids yet. And the first thing out your mouth is, girl, when are you going to have some, some kids? What's taking you so long? And she may be just like me, trying her best to have some. 
and just can't. So you asking that same question about her uterus is not helping. Okay. You don't know if she just came out the bathroom from giving herself three, self three shots in the stomach, hoping that this time it works. So let's be a look mindful of the words that we say to people because you never know what their story is. So I again want to thank you so much for all of your support. Make sure you check out Underneath the Hat YouTube channel. I'm also on all podcast um, platforms, Anchor, Overcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. So these same episodes that you see now on the YouTube page, you can also hear them while you're driving in your car. Pass them on to someone else so that they can be helped as well. Again, check out my books underneath the hat. And it's that size for a reason. They're all on Amazon. If you type in my name, Cherie Simmons, both of the books will pop up. Show your support. Learn a little bit more about me. And hopefully it'll help you to have more empathy for those that are around you. Again, I want to thank you all so much for all that you do. I appreciate you. I thank you. I love you. And as I always say, remember to take care of yourself underneath the hat. Again, thank you so much. And I will see you soon.